Nick, second time's a charm. Josh, second time is the charm. Welcome to the Waterboys podcast. Explain what happened in our first take about half an hour ago. So basically, the first rule of trying to do a podcast is maybe you should do a sound check. <laughs> and, uh, you know, for some reason, I'm not thinking. I don't know what's wrong with me. I just looked into your beautiful eyes, Nick, and I was just lost. And I didn't do a sound check. And then we recorded for half an hour. Basically, we had half an hour of loud Nick. And then we had half an hour of Josh sounding like he's 10 feet away from the microphone. <laughs> You mean sounding like you're underwater? <laughs> I'm very sorry, Nick. We'll, I'll, I, I promise from now on we will do sound checks from now on. I'll try and do the sound checks. Uh, anyways, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm good. <laughs> how's, how's everything in life? <laughs> I mean, aside from me screwing this one thing up for half an hour, uh, everything seems to be going pretty well. <laughs> I mean, hey, the NBA is back. It's been on for two to three weeks now. I think we've watched a handful of games together. Yes. Everyone's played at least six to seven games. Yes. What are your initial impressions so far? You've had one team in mind. Let me know your thoughts. Okay, so, of course, the Jazz, right? We all thought they were making that trade and they were just going to go boom, down to the bottom of the league. You know, they're going to try and get that first overall for who? Wenbenyama. Wenbenyama, yes. Great. So we all thought that. But the returns have been different so far. They've even gone as so far as, I think they beat the Wolves one time, I think, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember right now completely. Sorry, we didn't really do our research. Uh, if you heard the first episode, you would have known. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they only lost by three to Dallas the other night. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, it's a very well-coached team. They play how basketball should be played, right? Sharing the ball, moving the ball around having players move, having players cut. And I think I mentioned to you earlier today that the one thing that really stood out for me is the fact that they don't have that one center that's going to clog up the the lane, right? Because you got, you know, you have Markinen playing in there at, at that spot, right? Or uh, Vanderbilt. Yeah, or Vanderbilt. I mean, they also have Rudy Gay in there, sometimes play as the big, you know, but these are not your typical, you know, I need to be in the set. I need to be near the paint. I need to be in there grabbing rebounds and stuff. But these these guys are, you know, they can actually shoot. Olenek, another one. Olenek doesn't live at the rim at all, right? I'm He's not the greatest three-point shooter, but he still doesn't live at the rim. Uh, but what you do have is a bunch of players who can drive to the hoop, create something out of nothing. You know, you got your, your Conleys. You got your Clarksons, you got your Beasleys. I mean, if you really want to include Horton Tucker, which I know you don't want me to, but he's still in there. And the one thing he can do is drive because we both know he can't shoot. We saw that last year. Uh, what was it? 29% shooting from uh, the three last year? I, I'm sorry. I can't remember. I think he's averaging around the same numbers as this year with regards to shooting. Yeah, and he looks a little bit, uh, you know, mus more more muscles. I mean, regardless, we're not going to go on a Talonhorn Tucker uh, podcast. But my point is, the ball moves. They can shoot it from three. 
And this is why their offense has been so successful, especially in this early part and why they've been able to, you know, compete out there in those games that they have been right. They only lost by three to the Mavericks and they beat Memphis the other night as well. They beat Memphis, you know, their defense is not going to be the most amazing thing but they don't really have that one defensive stopper, right? They don't have that group of defensive guys, which is okay, right? As long as you can be mediocre at one thing and you're really good at the other, you should be having good returns. So what is the one thing that's holding them back? I think we've discussed this, but I want you to elaborate more on it. The fact they don't have a superstar. I mean, isn't that what holds everyone back if you don't have that one superstar? And also another thing is that you know, aside from the superstar, the things that they can control is the fact that once that, you know, that I noticed this a little bit, that once they get that second unit in, it starts to become more of a one-on-one game than a team game. And, you know, that one thing that's going to make you successful, if you stop doing it, it's going to happen, right? especially if you're not a team that's built on guys who can take over games. You're going to lose momentum. What is the game of basketball? What is it mostly predicated on? Yeah, momentum. Momentum and big runs. Exactly. So that's that's their one big issue. It's uh, that second unit, as soon as it comes in, it starts becoming uh, I'll drive to the hoop or I'll hold the ball, dribble it for a few seconds, boom, take my shot. James Harden special. Exactly. And none of them are James Harden. I mean, and, I mean, and not, but not a lot of people are James Harden. So we can't really, can't really hate on that. But that is the one downfall I see, and that's that's where it's gonna get them each time. The fact that they try to do this and basically just kills kills all the momentum they have, right? Especially if you've had, if you've been cutting, if you've been passing, if you've been moving the ball. And teams are just like going all over the place. You know, if teams are scrambling to try, you know, and and guard everyone, you're doing something right at that point. Right. But then once you start doing one on one, you're just helping them out. The biggest thing is when you start to bog down and play that type of offense is you're killing your momentum. Then when your first unit comes back in, how hard is it to get that momentum back? It's it's going to be a dogfight of a game. Exactly. And I mean, they had, uh, I think they had a, a 10 point lead against the Mavericks at that point. I think, I think it got up to 12 and then that shrunk. And then it was just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So, you know, it, it, these are the things that happen when, when you stop doing what got you there. I mean, and this happens in any level of basketball, right? Yes. Could be from peewee, could be from high school, college. If you go away from the things that are working and you're trying to get that momentum back, it's going to be hard. I mean, you're going to spend a lot of the game fighting, switching leads, fighting for that lead back. And it's really, I think that goes into our next point. With the current status of the team, even though they're at a hot start, do you sell off some of these players at the trade deadline? Do you sell high? Do you stash some more picks? Do you go to the playoffs with this team? Do you want to go to the playoffs with this team? Like, what do you think Danny Ainge is uh, thinking? I'm pretty sure Danny Ainge wants that high pick. 
I think that at some point he's going to want to trade some of his more veteran players because he knows he can get bang for them, right? Like we were discussing earlier in the earlier episode we recorded, uh, you know, a guy like Jordan Clarkson, the return can be pretty big on a former sixth man of the year, guy who can come off the bench, create something for you. I'm sure there are a few teams that, you know, want to compete for a championship that could use a guy like that and could give you something back. Uh, I mean, judging from his body of work, right? I mean, with the Celtics, those two years that they drafted Tatum and Brown, then they swung for the fences in free agency, albeit Boston is a lot different than Utah status-wise. People will go to Boston to play. Right. But... Knowing Danny Ainge, I think if he's going to have that war chest, I think they're going to probably draft maybe one or two really good solid players or fran- like what they deem as franchise players and probably swing for the fences in a trade. Right. That's that's what I that's I think that's what they should do. Just because, I mean, again, you told me, right, would you rather do that than have playoff experience, which, I mean, right now it seems like they could go to the playoffs. But if they do, it's just going to be a team that's going to be stuck right there in the middle as long as they don't have a superstar, right? But they're in that they're in that comfortable position of we're not expected to go to the playoffs, but we have these young players that if we give them the playoff experience, we can see who we can keep, who we can sell, who we can move, you know, who we what we need going forward. And that's that's a really good spot to be in for Utah. I mean, it's it's a win-win. If you make the playoffs, you get playoff experience, and your fan base rallies behind you, and you you do get a deeper look into what you need with that core. Yes, yeah, and I I, I see where you're coming, but like like I said, I knowing Danny Ainge, I think that's what he's going to do. He is uh, quite ambitious with his trades. Let's just say that exactly. You know, he always has to have the upper hand in those trades. <laughs> We've seen, we saw what he was notorious for that. And that's, I mean, what he built out in Boston. Uh, and another point for me is uh, Markinen. Markinen, you know, he seems to, seems to be shooting better defensively a lot to, you know, a lot, a lot to be wish. desired. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I've, they, they got to a point where they had him on Luca, and that's that's a big no-no. I, I mean, nobody can really guard Luca completely all the time, but he was getting cooked. Uh, but offensively, I think this was one of his top three months in his career. I know it's not saying much, but I do admit that you know he's actually improved quite a bit. It's early in the season. We got to see if he keeps it up, but uh, kudos to marketing. I, I like what I saw from the guy. I mean, what Utah did with their two trades of their two superstars, I mean, they did as, as good as a job as they could. Starting six and three is no easy feat, although the West is a little bit more weaker this year compared to the East. What do you think of the uh, the two teams that traded for those two superstars, who do you want to start with? Well, well, want want to start with Rudy and uh, Minnesota. Rudy Gobert and the Minnesota Timberwolves. I mean, early indications of that team are not bright. 
I mean, we have Ant who's getting criticized by Cat for eating fast food. Have, oh yeah, we have Ant complaining about no driving lanes, so he can't dunk, so his numbers are down. We have Gobert that's not really fitting into that unit that well, as well as well as we thought he could. It's just an awkward pairing for those two. Then we have the situation with D'Angelo Russell. They're not. The rumor is they're not wanting to extend him. And you traded. Who did you trade for him? Wiggins. Right, and what did Wiggins win this past season? He won that chip, showing he won that the he chip. was not the problem. But maybe that you know organization still has a lot to learn. And remind me, how many draft picks did they give up for Gobert? Oh man, was, wasn't it something like six? I think it was closer to four or five, four if I believe so. Four or five. And you give up Vanderbilt. You give up Pat Patrick Beverly. You give up. Was it Kessel Walker or Walker Kessel? Walker Kessel. Walker Kessel, and you give up Balmaro. I don't know how to say his name. Is the Brazilian guy? Yeah, I I think I know which one you're talking about. Yes. So you give up. You gave up like quite a chunk of the team and quite a useful chunk too. It's I mean, not, two it's of not those like... players are very useful: Vanderbilt and Beverly. Yeah, exactly. you give up a lot of your future assets, and right now it's not looking so hot. Given it's early, it's early. Given it's early, but early season problems do tend to manifest itself toward like throughout the season, right? If you can't correct those problems, then it's going to be a long season. Yeah, that's true. But like I said, maybe they need time to jail. You know, again, you were saying how they have no, uh, or how. Rudy's clogging up the lane and they don't really have anywhere to drive and stuff. Numbers are down. And look, it's the opposite with the Jazz. They don't really have anyone to clog up that lane and look at them just driving and kicking out and stuff like that. But, uh, but yeah, it's been how many times they've made the, the playoffs? I think we've discussed this, what, like three times? Three um, times in like 20 years. I mean, we got to go back... I mean, last year they made it that one that one time they oh, had to go yes, through the play-in, right? Then we had the time with Jimmy. Yes, 18, Jimmy, 2018. And he booked it right after. And then before that, you had to go all the way to the KG era. Before, 04, was it? Yeah, 04. Or was it 05? I think it was 04. 04, I think. Or 03. I can't remember. One of those years when they end up facing the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. So... A team that's only made the playoffs like probably what twice in twenty years, right? If you don't count the KG stuff, it's like they they desperately need help in order to find out how to run that organization. It's it's a little bit you know disheartening to see them only make it twice in what twenty years, and I think they swung for for the fences. You know they wanted a home run, but doesn't seem like they're even going to get a double out of it so far. But it's it's super early, though. It's super early, so we can't really jump to conclusions until maybe halfway through the season and see how this team's doing. I'll give you that. That's fair enough. I mean, it does take a little bit for the team to gel, especially when you have new pieces like that, right? That is a major shift with your center essentially sitting in the dunker spot each game, right? So you're 
you're pretty much clogging up cat and ants driving lanes. You give that pick and roll partner to D'Angelo Russell, but you also sacrifice a lot of spacing for your other two stars. Exactly. This is well, I mean, I don't think Cat would mind it too much since he's already, you know, a guy who loves to shoot. But everyone else seems like they like to drive towards the hoop and I think I think uh they're gonna have to figure that out at some point. Otherwise they're they're gonna be in trouble. And imagine if this season goes horribly bad for them, the only team that's gonna benefit from this is gonna be Utah. And Danny Ainge right now is just is, licking his yeah he's licking his chops like oh man that's looking really good but like I said it's it's still early um Cavs Cavs six and one second best team in the East you Garland misses quite a bit of games and they were still able to win and Mitchell goes on a tear I think he averaged like thirty points for the last five games yep you have Levert who's in and out. He's a little bit inconsistent. He had a, what was it, a 30-point, no, 30-plus-point game one night, then he had a one-point game the next night. But you still have Mobley, Allen, K-Love, Dean Wade, Okoro, Chetty Osman. Chetty. Ch- I mean, that's a that's a deep team. Exactly, and you're still waiting for one more piece to get back from that injury, right? So Rubio. Yeah, Rubio, so... Yeah, like there's still a lot more to be done with this team, right? Uh, I you know they're an exciting team to watch play, right? And especially, and it's on both ends of the floor too, not just on offense, because it's it's a beautiful thing to watch them play defense too. And that you know anyone who tries to drive on them is gonna second is gonna second think that, right? We saw that a lot. I mean, I think you mentioned it with uh, Brown. He went couple times try to go at them and it did not work for them i mean he tried to go at mobley a couple times try to dunk on him i mean mobley stuffed him each time so it's it is a scary sight i mean if one of them do bite or miss on a defensive assignment then you still got allen or mobley that's rotating over so that's that's a rough time for any any team that likes to drive through the hoop exactly yeah, they're 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 exciting man and they're deep it's going to be interesting. I didn't think they were going to be competing. I mean, it's early in the season, but if they do manage to get one of those top four spots, that's actually quite an accomplishment, considering a lot of people said that their ceiling would be the fourth spot. And even I, I thought the fourth spot was going to be their ceiling. But if they surpass that, man, amazing. Good job for them. It's going to be the first time they make the playoffs without LeBron, right? I mean, like we had a, a chance last year, but they blew that one. <laughs> yes, they did blow that one. Uh, you want to talk about teams that are, you know, crap in the bed right now? <laughs> yes, the quick fire session of uh, teams that have been disappointing. I think you had a really good pick, the LA Clippers. The Clippers, yes. Good old Clippers. Clippers. Lakers rivals. I, f- I feel like they're most known for being the rivals of the Lakers, even though it's not a rivalry. I mean, the Lakers get clowned on all the time for trading all those players and picks for Westbrook, but what did we do prior to trading him? Trading for him, sorry. We did what in 2020? Oh, they won the chip. We won the chip. What have the Clippers not done? 
I mean, they've definitely not made a finals. Well, if you count, well, was it conference finals? They made a conference finals, but that's not a finals. It's not an NBA finals. I'm not going to give them that. But yes, uh, you know, deep team. Everyone just loves celebrating the fact they're a deep team. But they are not really having that one guy that's going to pull them through right now. Nobody that's playing consistently well enough for them. And it's hurt them. I mean, what are they? They're four and four. I, th- I believe they're four and four, so they're hitting 500. I know it's early in the season. I know that Kwai and uh, and Paul haven't been there for a, for a while now, right? But, you know, how many years are we into this? Uh, Paul, George, and uh, Kwai Leonard uh, experiment? Fourth, we're going into our fourth year, I believe. Yeah, fourth year. And all you have to show for it is a trip to the conference finals. Right. I mean, I the conference finals that run. I mean, it's very unfortunate that Kawhi tears his ACL. Yeah, because potentially they could have made the finals with that, with the way he was playing. It's it's just very hard to gauge this team, right? I mean, Leonard's always out. Yes. And now there's reports that he has tendonitis in that knee. George is he is a. He has some sort of injury that comes up every time. Yes, and you know they're older now, so it's something to be expected. It is expected with older players for sure. And I mean, with a team that deep, I'll name I'll name the players: John Wall, Reggie Jackson, Luke Kennard, uh, Zubak, Rocco, Robert Cummington. Then you got Marcus Morris. I said Markeith Morris in the first one. I don't know why. <laughs> He's the worst one. Anyways, then you have Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, uh, I believe Terrence Mann still. It's just that's nine players. Nine to ten deep. You only have one ball. And it looks like they have trouble designating that guy like the go to guy. And Norman Powell, sorry. Yeah, Norman Powell. Right. They have the problems designating that one go to player. Yep. And you know, it always seems like as soon as they get down to on the shot clock, it's like, oh, guess what? We'll just give it to Reggie. Let Reggie Jackson shoot. And it's mean, a break, it, right? It took them. I mean, that game against Houston with Paul George's heroics, they, sh- they shouldn't be there in the first place. That's true. Houston Rockets are one and eight. <laughs> you shouldn't oh, have the rebuilding, rebuilding team. Yes, but you shouldn't have a team that deep. Go to the last minute to win a game. That's true. This early into the season. That's true. Uh, well, we'll see. Can they fix it? Nobody knows. They're, hopefully, their two main guys get healthy. Honestly, I want to see a healthy team because it'd be nice to see them compete for something, right? They're built for it, but they just it seems like always something's wrong with them. They're built for it, but they're not enduring it. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. And then we also said Warriors. Yes, early season, they're three and six. They just lost to the Pelicans at this time of the recording, but they rested. Oh, they rested like all their starters. All their starters, but man, watching them play, I think they have a championship hangover for sure. It just don't look engaged defensively. They, I mean, the opening night when we watched it, you're up, what, 20 against Lakers who barely can shoot a three? And you almost blow that lead to us. 
I mean, let's not take it that far. I mean, yesterday, or, or I think it was yesterday that they were playing the Magic. I mean, we I told you, like, Bancaro had his way in that third quarter against them. Like, they had a huge lead. Bancaro with that mid that mid range shot just killed them, and it seemed like they had no answer to stopping that team or, or that guy. Because I mean, Bancaro is good, but like at some point you would think, you know, I don't know, get the ball out of his hands, double him, try try anything else, right? If you see that it's not working for you, and they weren't able to do that. And I mean, I know we have guys like you know Clay. Who they said hadn't hadn't played all summer long, right? So I get that some of these guys are going to be going into the season trying to play their way into shape and stuff like that. But uh, you can't have you can't have this going on for too much longer. Like you can't go into halfway of the season and then having a what twenty and twenty record, right? Especially if you're trying to defend that cha- that championship. As soon as you start waiting towards later in the season and try to salvage the year and try to get a higher seed. I mean, I know what they were fourth last year, which third or third, right? Like I know they can do it, but do you really want to, you know, do you really want to start risking it? Exactly. I mean, remember the year the Lakers were defending their, their championship and they ended up uh, going into the play in. Right. So it's just, you don't want to do that. You want to make less tra- less troubles, and you want to make sure that your team is going to be able to rest, right? Because you have an older team. They've just been through a run, and you still want to have those days of rest in between the play-ins and stuff, right, before your season starts or your playoffs start. Um, I mean, hopefully they'll get it. I get that they've lost a lot of key players that played a huge role on their team last year. Uh, they, they need to turn it up soon, I think. Is this a little concerning because they're asking a lot out of their rookies? You got Moses Moody, sorry, Moses Moody, Moody Moses doing the perk, <laughs> the perk. Leave me alone, <laughs> leave me alone. Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga, James Wiseman, Jordan Poole. I mean, four of those guys. Oh, his name. Oh, I find out the fifth guy's name is Ty Jerome. Ty Jerome, right? Yes. Right. Anyways, you're asking your four main young stars. Let's just say stars in the making. You're asking them to play heavy minutes in the regular season when they didn't really get a shot last season, right? Right. You're asking them to carry the load that OP was it Otto Porter Jr., Gary Payton II, uh Bielex Bielitsa. Bielitsa. And who else? There's one more guy. Um, doesn't matter. We can't remember right now. Sorry, we didn't do our research. So, but yeah, I keep keep going with your point. Point is, you only have what Jermichael Green. Then you have Dante DiVincenzo. I mean, they're nice, but you're asking your four, like four key young players who are not even the over the age of twenty four, to play heavy minutes in a season where you're defending the chip. And every team is going to circle that game against you. Yep. That is a lot to ask. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. But it's something that they probably should work their way, their, their way towards just because, you know, it'll make you stronger at that at some point, right? 
So you got to get these guys involved, right? Uh, that was that was a downfall of last year. Not not a downfall, but it was like a negative of last year. The fact that they were not able to, you know, p- play bigger roles into that run, right? Because they already had other guys who could play those roles, which is now gonna, you know, it's gonna bite them in the butt right now. For now, but you know, we they're on the path of you know learning as you go, right? And we got to see how quickly they learn their system, how quickly they can adapt, and if they can actually keep it up. So here's my question to you. If they notice that the young guys are not going to be able to pull this off, would you try and trade one of them to get someone else with a little bit more experience and a guy you know what you're going to get out of? Or do you say, screw it, we're going we're gonna to die and live by this? That's a really good question. I mean, with their salary situation right now and their whole roster just having a championship hangover, sorry, the main five having a championship hangover, excluding Curry, I would say I would stick with them. Yeah, that's respectable. I I, I can see where where you're coming with this. I mean, Curry's going to age gracefully. Clay still needs some time. I mean, he looks really rusty. Was it 27 points on 24 shots? Yes. That's quite a bit of shots. Yeah. And then Poole's still going into that. He's still developing, and he's he's officially the sixth man. I think they still have a good amount of time to develop into that team heading into the playoffs. But I wouldn't panic Yet, like you said, twenty. If they're twenty and twenty, then I would start panicking. Interesting, interesting. Uh, hold on, we'll take a break. Okay, so you got two more teams you want to discuss that were disappointing. Yes, we're back from our break. Sorry, he didn't yeah. announce it. Yes, two more teams. I wanted to go with the Celtics. I mean, that is another team that's. I think the fatigue of that long playoff run is really getting to them, and they're missing. Who are they missing? The Lord of Time. The Lord of Time, your favorite, Robert Williams. Okay, so just to add to this, uh, if he's a Time Lord, then the Celtics are the Lords of Blowing Leads. Okay, continue. <laughs> the Lords of... Yes, I mean, <clears throat> I think I've mentioned this in the first one. They they can play some really stellar defense, and they've shown that against the Cavs, but those two games where they lost by, like, what? combined six points to the Cavs. So they, were, two like they were blowing double double digit leads in those two. Continue. That is a little concerning, right? I mean and Cavs are gonna be breathing down their necks. And to the Bulls too. And, Don't forget that one. That one is an even bigger one because they had a huge one against the Bulls. They had a huge one against the Bulls tonight as of the recording right now. And that's a little concerning. Even though they won by four, that's the Bulls are not a defensive juggernaut. They're not by any stretch of stretches of the imagination. I mean, it is, it is concerning. I get that Horford is a lot older, but asking him to play that many minutes—that's just the thing, right? With Time Lord not being there, like their defense is not going to be what it should be. It just, you know, that's just something to be expected, right? Like you can't. I mean, how old is Horford? And also remember last year, 
he was coming off of like staying at home, you know, resting, probably just using the, you know, the physiotherapist at the OKC training, training facility and stuff. Right. Like that's, that's basically what he was doing. Right. And he was coming off of that. Right. And then came to the Celtics. Right. You had, you had time Lord playing there all the time. Right. Doing his thing. Right. So this guy was really well rested. Now he's coming off a shortened off season, right? To start off with, short shorted off season. He's coming off of a grueling playoff run because man, they went through some things in that playoff run, right? Like two seven game series, exactly. You know, against was the the Bucks and uh, the Heat, right? Heat were a shot away from making the finals, and you know, all those minutes played. You know, those minutes played against Giannis, like, takes a lot out of you, especially as you're an older athlete. And now coming in this year, you find out Time Lord is pretty much going to be out for a while. And now he's starting to play those big minutes. And, you know, we can't pin it all, all the blame on him, but there should be a defensive letdown at some point, right? Because you can't really defend how you, how they used to with Time Lord. And, you know, can't pin it all on him, but the defensive breakdowns are really alarming if you're going to be blowing leads like this. It is quite alarming to blow that many leads. I mean, if that's going to be a theme for their season, I don't know if I'm going to be confident in them moving forward. And speaking of their Eastern Conference Finals opponent, the Heat. That's my second pick. Or sorry, third pick at this point. That should have been your pick. (laughs) That's my third pick for the most disappointing team to start off the season. Yeah, they're inconsistent. Right? Lowry does not look like the Lowry we know. And maybe at this point, maybe we shouldn't be expecting to see old school Lowry anymore. They're relying heavily on Butler. Adebayo is sometimes here, sometimes not. And Hero is... I mean, if you're going to sign someone for $140 million, I expect something. Yeah, you could say those two signings, him and uh, Robinson, right? Oh, and yes, you have $100 million sitting on the bench half the time. Right. So... You know, two guys that showed a lot. Remember that bubble run? They were a huge part of that. And then what? Last year, Hero ends up winning six man of the year, right? And then Robinson got his contract extension last year. Now Hero got his extension. He's a little bit inconsistent. Hey, he hit the game-winning shot. He hit the game-winning shot against the Warriors. You got to give him that. But super inconsistent team. But as we've learned with time, we always say no. The Warriors aren't going to, or the Heat are not going to be that good, and then they just turn out and end up, you know, f- finishing in first place in the Eastern Conference like they did last year. That being said, do you really, do you, are you worried for them this year? The Heat, yes. I mean, uh, we can't doubt them. I mean, every year that we doubt them, they always surprise us in the playoffs, but you can't wait until the playoffs to surprise people, right? That's true. You can't waste all your energy in the playoffs. 
to get through one round. Then the next, I mean, prime example last year, right? They wasted all that energy going Eastern Conference Finals, or sorry, going toe-to-toe with the Celtics. Butler hurts his knee. rest of the team don't look as cohesive. They all look tired by the time they get to the Eastern Conference Finals. So it's, and Bam didn't look himself. I mean, they are getting a little bit older as well. So it is a little concerning, right? So is Hero going to take that next step? Is Bam going to take the next step? Is Hero going to be better on defense? Yeah, I don't think so. But, but it's it's, it's a lot of questions, yeah, right? right? There is a lot of questions in there. Uh, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I feel the same way. Jovic looks super raw out there sometimes. He's going to take some time. So it's it's an older team, so we gotta we gotta point that out, right? Aside from like a few of their players, but you know the main guys like Butler and what Lowry was supposed to be—they're getting up there in age. You know how much more can you squeeze out of them, right? How and, much more can you push out of them? And it seems like Lowry is—I don't think he's got anything anything more to offer by the looks of it. You know he. He looks a bit slimmer from compared to last year, right? But uh, it doesn't seem like that made much of a difference for for him. I mean, it's an early season, I think, right now from what we've seen. We can't overreact. We can't overreact. But these are the current uh, state of affairs of some of these teams. I mean, we can overreact on one team beside New York, but we're not going to touch that. With a ten foot. You don't want to talk about Brooklyn. I don't want to talk about Brooklyn. I mean, if you thought the Lakers were bad, oof. did Brooklyn. you see that nasty crossover though? You can just you know give Brooklyn some positivity. Did you see that nasty crossover? I saw that nasty crossover, but I mean, it's against Washington. Come on, now. <laughs> come on. Let's be real, Josh. <laughs> you're, you're something else, Nick. You're I something. am something else. On that note, I think. We should be. Yeah, we've talked too much. Ending the podcast. Yes, sir. I think next week we'll speak a little bit more about the games that we saw. We're going to give our thoughts. And most, you know, we should be doing our research, but names are hard to remember. And you're hard to get a hold of. So we'll see how that goes. (laughs) We'll, we'll, We'll do better next week, guys, we swear. Thank you for listening. Nick, thanks for hosting. Thanks for uh, letting uh, me screw up that first episode and not get totally mad at me. I mean, thanks for uh, checking the equalizer, doing a sound check, but you know, <laughs> what's what's done is done. I always love hosting these podcasts with you. Until next time, buddy. All right. Thanks, Nick. Bye. Bye.